Hi, I'm Saza Kapakli, creator of Starlight Riders, a Neuronaut, and I guess this is it. And you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about imposter syndrome. In the news, the Dragonlance novel is out now, more Spelljammer previews, the Wizards Presents event is coming soon, Free League is kickstarting a new game, Dragonbane, and more, plus a brand new sketch about preparing for the big convention. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This podcast is sponsored by Burp Wart's Babbling Cauldron. If you need the very latest in ointments, potions, concoctions, filters, news, mixtures, elixirs, creams, lotions, balms, or salves, be sure to drop by and browse their wares. Whether you prefer your love potions to fizz, gurgle, froth, or even buzz, Burp Watch is the best and cheapest alchemical brewer in town with only a 17% accidental poisoning rate. That's actually very good. Oh, terms and conditions apply. Potions are almost guaranteed to work. No refunds. <clears throat> All the tabletop role-play news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, hello, hello And welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris Jess is making funny faces at me And with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild Role Players. Together, I am delighted as ever to announce that we have with us. It's the one, it's the only. She is the woman in red. It is. It's me, Jessica from EN Publishing. And I, I was just trying to get myself hyped. That's what those funny faces were. Oh, I see. I was wondering. I yeah. <laughs> there was a, I feel there's, there's low energy on the podcast as we're all a bit sickly for various yeah. reasons. Mm. So I was trying to like raise the bar so we could be excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Hey. We've got RPG news to talk about. Guess what I've got? A book. Oh, a book. it's the book. It wow, is that's the a... new Dragonlance novel. It is Dragons of Deceit by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. It arrived this week. Woof. I have read it. All of it. Is it good? All of it. Nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, all right, so. You must have liked it then. It's an easy read. I'll give it that. <laughs> okay, it's yeah. an easy read. Yeah, um, yeah. That's good. In the so, same... Accessible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it's the best book I ever read. No, okay. But it is an easy read. I did enjoy it. Got through to the end in two days, which is unusual for me with a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, well, clearly that's got a certain, because Russ was holding up, I've got to say, a fairly significant tone. This isn't like mm. the hardback that you might so have quite, to it's expect. Quite, it's quite big text. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, well so how many pages? How many pages? 400 pages. So 400, 400 page hardback, um, yeah. oversized folio edition. So, so, so nice. this book, if you yeah. are not a Dragonlance fan yes. and you're not familiar with the previous books, then mm. I, I don't think this would work for you at all. Oh, it definitely relies on you knowing um, the history of the Dragonlance Chronicles and Legends. Without a doubt, okay. if you don't know those, if you don't know those two series of books, that this book won't any sense to you at all. Oh, okay, um, fair enough. Um, but um, <coughs> if you did read those and liked them. Mm-hmm. And you are aware that probably you read those when you were a teenager, and now it's twenty years later. <laughs> and you can and you can keep that in mind. It is quite enjoyable, and I quite liked it. But it isn't the best book I ever read. Okay, okay. But I liked it, and I enjoyed it, and I will get the next one. 
So it's one for the fans, it sounds yes, like, then. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. not something to jump in on if you're not familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. We, we were hoping for it to be more of an onboarding sort of thing. No, it's definitely not people that. to the joys of the okay. it, it introduces characters that you're... Well, it introduces characters. It uses characters that you'll be familiar with from the previous books. Okay. And if you don't really know those characters, I think you'll be a bit lost. Okay. Um, you know, it just suddenly starts talking about someone like Dalamar or something, and you, you know, unless you're familiar with the Legends trilogy, you're going to be like, "Who? What? Who's Dalamar?" Yeah. And to be fair, you probably have to be hard pressed to say, "Oh, wasn't he that dark elf mage?" And they're like, "Oh, that fella, yeah, yeah." No, no, I get it. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, that's right. Out came out this week. You can pick it up on Amazon. You can pick it up from Gen Con. Apparently, they've got a big stand at Gen Con with tons and tons of copies of the book there. Yeah. Uh, you can um, pick it up on Kindle. You can pick it up on probably the audiobook, I imagine. Can I, can I come around and borrow it off you? Because well, like you don't, you don't want to buy it now. <laughs> no. I might buy my own copy if I like it, but. <laughs> I guess. Okay. <laughs> Try before you right. buy it. So that's my news for the week. It's got a book, it? Amazing. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 What have you guys been doing this week? Anything exciting? Yes. Uh, oh, what have you been up to, Jessica? Well, I work at Ian Publishing, so it's always exciting. No, oh, yeah, those, those spreadsheets yeah. never, never stop being exciting. <laughs> those like... shipping, those shipping prices just never cease to amaze and delight. I did do those things, and I sent them to Russ, which is, is why he's so excited about that. But for things that other people will find exciting, so on Tuesday, the Starcross Seaway returned. Um, yeah, so that's the Level Up Advanced Fifth Edition actual play, and the they. We almost had someone die, <laughs> uh, so it was quite. It was quite the first episode. You're a character, character, right? Oh, character, yeah, not like a okay. player. Like in okay. the game, they were yeah. doing a fight, and it was it. It was brutal. Doing um, a fight in D and D. I know, uh, but yeah. So it was, and so that was really fun. Um, so it's available on the podcast, and obviously on all the huge places. I won't bore you with uh but yeah so that's launched so that's every tuesday going on so i've got something to watch on tuesday evenings now to keep me entertained yeah that's so back uh sounds really good fun um and we had our kickstarter end just yesterday till death do us part which is Ooh. our last little quick starter for a while because we are oh, yeah. pausing doing the quick starters to make way for a big kickstarter uh a big which kickstarter. is which we may have mentioned before, the Dungeon what? Delver's Guide. Mm. The Dungeon Delver's Guide? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me about it, Jessica? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So obviously, I mean, we've talked about this a lot before. So this is our new book for Level Up Advanced 5th Edition that's also compatible with 5th Edition. Um, and we've, the, we've got the launch date. It's August 30th. And we've got the preview page up on Kickstarter. And Russ has been working on the page. So I've been going in and criticizing it as much as I can. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so really excited about that. So we're getting ready for that. So that's been my exciting things this week oh and yesterday i ended mm. up doing an actual play for the awfully cheerful engine because uh, oh, yeah. one of our content creators had to drop out last minute unfortunately but mm. um that meant i got to play which was quite fun because i don't normally get to play the awfully really? cheerful engine in the actual plays uh, so we played strange science uh mm. which is a, a wonderful little adventure so mm. that is uh live on our site and on our twitch and on the podcast if you want to have a listen to that uh little adventure there so that's oh, been my fantastic. week. That that's been my tabletop RPG week. And then outside of work, my D&D campaign, which we're porting over to an advanced 5th edition campaign, really Ooh. heated up. And oh. our session on the weekend, I think a lot of people might die. So in, in characters, in not players, yeah, yeah, no, just to no. clarify just again. To, just to clarify again, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just to yeah. clarify again. So it's getting quite intense as well. So it's been a heavy roleplay week 
Can be really yeah. in and out of work. Nice. Mm. Nice, mm. yeah. It's time for the awfully cheerful question. If you have a question, tag us on the socials with hashtag awfully cheerful question or email us at morrispodcast at gmail.com. If we answer it, we'll send you a free book. A free book? We're far too generous. That's what I say. Our awfully cheerful question this week comes from Jesse on Twitter. Great name. Who would like to know, when releasing a new RPG system, do you think it's worth it to release a free basic or micro version to get people introduced to the system, or is it better to put all of your effort into the full version? Um, My short answer to that is yes. I think it is definitely worth doing that. Well, we do like free previews on EM publishing sites, so like people can get an idea for what it is. You can download mm. like a small PDF with like a snippet of it, so it gives you a flavour. Yeah. Well, there's a, a free basic version of D and D you can download. You yeah. don't have to buy anything to get into D and D. You can download the basic game for free from from Wizards of the Coast. I assume there is one for Pathfinder. I don't know for sure. Our right. games always always have the rules online that mm-hmm. you can access. Like all the achievement yeah, engine, yeah. the rules are online. The uh, level up, the rules are online. What's always yeah. new, the rules are online. So um, generally, I can say from our point of view, yeah, we always do that, and it looks like the major the major companies seem to too. You well, uh, sort of like slightly different because you're not releasing a cut down version. You're releasing the full rule set. No, online. true. Yeah, uh, true. I'll just put your efforts to that. I mean, a, a lot of people was it. Mothership? Mm-hmm. Was it Mothership that did that? It uh, was available for free for about two or three years before the Kickstarter. Oh, at, yes, that's right. As a slimmed down version. And then yeah. the Kickstarter was for the nice, big, lovely, gorgeous book. Full yeah. version. stuff. And that worked yeah. incredibly well. And yeah. That, that, that make, really confused. Yeah, yeah, oh, they, yeah. They, they made an absolute turn money. Yeah. And also, I thought it was out. I, I bought... The Andromeda supplement before right. the Kickstarter had right. finished. Right, right. Because you'd seen the free version. Yeah. Well, I, I, I well, I bought it because it was like a really cool glow in the dark spaceship layout diagram. Mm. And those don't oh. come along every day. But I bought it thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll probably pick up Mothership. And then I, and then we announced it like a couple of weeks later on the podcast that they were going, going for a Kickstarter to release. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Very confused. So- so I think our, our answer is probably yes, it is worth releasing a free basic version of your game. Yeah, that it's a marketing tool it. for sure. And it depends mm. what your marketing budget is in terms of not like money, but also your time, yeah. obviously, because mm. that's different for people. Yeah, I think it's worth doing. It's, it's, you know, the classic drug dealer style of marketing. The first one's free. Yeah, that's, I, how it works. that's how we base I, all of our business has, decisions. I, no, no one has ever offered me like free drugs with the intention to sell me more. No, I mean, either. Yeah. I feel left out now. I know, shocking. All right, guys. Um, um, I think this weekend, what are you doing? Because boy, have I got some. <laughs> <laughs> I won't cast you a thing. Oh, this is where we find out what, what Jess's side job is. Well, we know what her side hustle is. It's Ian Publishing. No, no, no. I'm being me. I'm sorry, Jess. No, I'm, I'm a big flavor, big, big fan of Try Before You Buy. Because mm. there's a lot of different RPG products out there, and not all of them are going to be good, or not all of them yeah. you are going to enjoy. I should say, like, yeah. so for all my stuff, I produce free samples just so people can say, "Oh, okay, yes, I like the way this is written," or "No, no." 
they need this is the, not for me. They need the reassurance that it's a quality product as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think as an indie tabletop RPG creator, it is more difficult to get people to, to buy your stuff. And the best way yeah. to do that is by marketing and making a community. Mm. Yeah, you can do yeah. that by giving a few freebies away to get people excited about it. It's a very tricky balance to strike because the impulse of many TTRPG indie devs is to give everything away for free. And I applaud that love and that desire to get everything out there. But on the other hand, it's, it's, it's like it's not necessarily going to work out that well. I It seems nice, but I worry about what that does to the industry. Because I think people that can give it away mm. for free, usually it means perhaps... They've got their own independent income. Yeah, you have your own money or time that you can afford to do that, but that means people that don't have that money or time that can't afford to do that won't get their games out there because they can't afford to to do it. I I mean, it's a great impulse, but it's uh, got a really depressive effect on the rest of the market because why would you you buy something if you can get Mm -hmm. more or less the same, maybe not as good, but, you know, functionally the same for free. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and that reduces the prices that people feel they can charge it's uh yeah yeah it is it is a big problem it's not just in rpgs that people doing stuff for free like conservation work in fact yeah uh, they they have they have huge problems retaining stuff because of the number of people who are like i love conservation whether it's looking after ducks in the wild or what have mm. you or uh repairing old bits of pottery and so forth the people who do it for free vastly outnumber the people who would like to be paid yeah. for it, yeah. And that, that that has a depressive effect, which means that they have a lot of trouble retaining the skills you need to yeah. do a really amazing job. I'm not saying the volunteers aren't skilled or can't be skilled, but... Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, so I hope that has answered our Awfully Cheerful question of the week. We will be sending a copy of Awfully Cheerful Engine number one to Jesse through the miracle of the mailing system. Woo! Right. Shall we do some news? Yes. Let's do some news then. Okay. So, Gen Con. Gen Con happens. Has happened. Is happening. Is happening as we speak. It's, yes. yes. We're not there, though, in case anyone there, was. No. We are about 4,000 miles away from it. Yeah. Minimum safe distance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Gen Con's this week. Um, I imagine all sorts of news will come out of Gen Con, and we'll probably be talking about that next week mm-hmm. as, as people make announcements and things. We already have some Gen Con well, some news, bits though. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a, a bit of harassment going on with Gen yeah. Con. Uh, oh. I, I noticed on Twitter that there are some anonymous accounts mm-hmm. that have been made in order to harass people who are at Gen Con. And these are mainly, the people mainly being harassed are, are like um, people of colour, as I understand it, or women. And women, yeah. The accounts are anonymous. Um, right. although Gen Con has checked into it and just verified these are definitely not as far as we can tell Gen Con stuff. <laughs> but. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're just like sending messages on Twitter to people. Like oh, nasty right. messages on Twitter to people who are going it's, to Gen Con. It's not just that as well. They, the individuals claimed to be, claimed to be Gen Con staff or a yeah. volunteer. Yeah. They're not. Oh. But they were also sending text messages, uh, so to people's phone numbers. Yeah, so somehow oh. they've got access to phone numbers as well. Yeah. Um, but Gen Con have said, it, it's not someone from their team from their checking also because they didn't have those people's phone numbers on their system 
So oh. it's not possible that... Mm. But, it's not but possible a lot that of these those, those are, numbers came from Gen Con because Gen Con didn't have them in the first place. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of these people are visible creators in the industry, so it's likely their phone numbers might be somewhere online for work or or things maybe, like that. Yeah. So I imagine if you did a deep dive, you could you could find these things mm. maybe somewhere. So neo-Nazi doxing mill, doing their best and being horrible to people because I don't know. Mm, because they're in games and yeah. they don't like diversity in games they don't i want, guess they don't want more games i mean that's certainly that's the only way to put it it's like you know with, with the expansion of talent there are now more games than ever before and i mm. struggle to see how that's a bad thing and it's like there's more and exciting games and it's like cool stuff that like 20 years ago would have just blown my mind i mean to be honest right it's blown my mind now so yeah. 20 years ago uh, i i would just not have been able to deal with this at all so i'm I, i'm sad for the slightly shit lives to be honest that they feel the need to do this um and obviously our commiserations go out to all the people who are undergoing this completely unacceptable ha- harassment by people who really don't have any part in the role-playing game community mm. i mean yep. not to put too far away in that yeah so i got some good news yeah oh it doesn't make up for it but um it, it is good news at least um so the okay. diana jones award winner was announced that happened yeah. the night before gen con starts um, and the winner, um, as you recall, the shortlist was Across RPGC, mm-hmm. yeah. Agit George, Haunted mm-hmm. West, and mm-hmm. Mothership was the shortlist. Mm-hmm. The winner of those was mm-hmm. Agit George, who um, won the award for Activision. Activision? Activism. Yes. <laughs> Activism, advocating for a more representative hobby games industry. Also, as it happens, Agit was one of the co two lead developers of um, Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel from the latest D book. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. Well, congratulations to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- and they've got a new trophy as well. Because yeah, the other one's just missing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair it, enough, yeah. It, it's yeah. a lot less ruined... Partially burnt Indiana Jones cover. Yeah, I was just <laughs> looking at the Crystal Pyramid. I was just looking at the list of Indiana Indiana Jones, Diana Jones, Jones. Yeah. Uh, winners over the last ten years or so. So we've got Board Game Geek won in mm. twenty ten, Fiasco in twenty eleven, uh, Nordic Larp in twenty twelve, then Tabletop by Will Wheaton, Hillfolk by Robin D Laws, Guide to Glorantha, Eric Lang, Gen Con itself, the actual play movement, the one that. You don't like very much, Peter. Not the keen on that. I, don't, I don't have a problem with the actual play movement. I have a problem with awarding things to extremely concept. abstract concept, concepts yeah. as opposed to, I don't know, Chris Spivey mm-hmm. uh, and Dark Hue Studios. Yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, maybe I'm just partial. So. <laughs> what can I say? So 2019 was Starcrossed. Mm. 2020 was Black Excellence in Gaming. 2021 was Nibcard Games. And 2022 was Agit A. George. Nice. Well, well done to Agit. Yeah. 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 So only one person or one thing wins. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a single award. It's not. But like the rest of the awards are going to be announced uh, at the end of Gen Con. So next mm. week we'll probably be talking about all uh, a few of the other yeah. the Ennies winners and stuff. Yeah. the Ennies. Yeah. Well, you yeah. don't have anything to do with the Ennies anymore, so I don't think we've really even talked about them this year. Oh, we mentioned the nominations. Yeah, I mentioned okay. nominations and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Was that maybe the week you weren't here? I can't remember. Probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. it was. But yeah, because oh, we, we were saying how we're not you know, Russ isn't part of the Ennies anymore, but yeah. at EM Publishing we d- and EM Live, we don't really want to put ourselves forward for awards because it just feels a bit like... Yeah. <laughs> it feels a bit odd. Like, if we got anything, it boys. would feel... <laughs> I'm sure it wouldn't be, like, you know, 
affect it anyway because the judges are all very impartial and that's important yes, to the process. It would feel, it would it would feel, feel a bit nepotism-y yeah. if, yeah. if we did. So yeah. I think we're going to have to wait a few years before we can um, put ourselves forward for that. Spelljammer. Yes. Coming out very yep. soon. And there's a whole load of previews. Oh. Yes. So it's like a, a monster preview, which previews some, some of the monsters. Scavers, space eels, space hamsters, space mollywalks. Hamsters. And space swine. What's wrong with space hamsters? I think I think it's great. I was saying it. Because it's like almost like guinea pigs, Peter. Yeah. I think um, we could easily I think you could easily just like tweak that to be a guinea pig. Well, also yeah. there's space clowns, so ha. Is there? There take is. The... Chris Perkins oh talks about space clowns. Yes. Literally something for yeah, everyone something on this for podcast. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. Guinea pigs for you, yeah. clowns for me. Yeah. Aren't we lucky? Um, so there's lots of previews of those. Um, there are no actual game stats, but artwork and a sort of description of them and some of that. When does that actually come out? August, August 16th. 16th. So that's what like two now? weeks. It's okay, another fifth. fifth. Yeah, yeah. It's like 11 days. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's really soon. Yeah. So we won't talk about it next week, but the week after we will be chatting more about it now that it's out and about. Well, on August the 18th, there's an event called uh, yeah. Wizards Presents. Mm-hmm. And this, this is basically a press event. Yeah. And they're going to be talking mm-hmm. about D&D's future plans. So this is going to be just after Spelljammer comes out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I imagine they'll talk about Dragonlance then, because that'll be the next big thing. Yeah. Um, it's not just D&D Presents, it's Wizards Presents, so it's probably going to cover Magic the Gathering and other things that Wizards of the Coast does as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be live-streamed. They haven't announced the time yet, just that it's on August the 18th. Yeah, so we'll, we'll probably just watch that, and like shortly after that, we'll talk about that then. There's well, not some, an awful lot to say. <laughs> but there is some speculation. Is so there? Wizard, so the, the live-stream they're doing is called Wizards Presents. Yes. And that was the title uh, of the line of D&D products that were released after D&D 3.5 edition. Uh, that was was that, that was in between 3 and 4. Maybe. I, I don't know. I wasn't playing these things. But there was, was a line them. called that and the yeah. show is called that. So I wonder I think, if I there's... think I remember those. Yeah. 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 I think we might have even tried one. Um, they were kind of like just if I remember correctly, just sort of like booklets with information about various aspects. You get one about monsters, you get one about worlds or stuff. If I, so maybe they're that. doing something like that again. Maybe. Or maybe in, they just in the it transition was a cool name between, they'd reuse it. In between the transition between 5th edition and 5.5. Um, I can't believe it's not 6th edition. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever it's called. Level uh, advanced 5th yeah. edition or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe they'll try calling it Advanced Fifth Edition. Wait, no, they can't do that. Okay. I think they can. <laughs> they absolutely they could. They could. I think we're just sitting edition. there going, what does this mean for us now? We've <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <you've> seen that. <laughs> yes, well, you know. Yeah. So, also, in the news this week. So, Free League's announced another big Kickstarter, which mm-hmm. will probably be another million-dollar Kickstarter, I imagine. Yes. So, this is Dragon Bane. Which is a Swedish game which came out in like the eighties. The Swedish game that came out in the eighties. Um, it means oh. uh, the street, the Swedish name, uh, which is Drakkar och Dimone. Dragons and Demons. That, that was my best Swedish accent. Did you like that? That was no, Dragons and teams. Demons. Yes, that's yeah. exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it came out uh, nineteen eighty-two. Um, so this is this is all those years later. This is a, a new version of it, English version of it, called Dragon Bane. The 
Kickstarter pre-launch page is up with nearly 3,000 followers on already, which tells me this is definitely going to be a million-dollar Kickstarter, I reckon. Yeah. Almost certainly. And free league tend to do million-dollar Kickstarters these days, don't they? The last couple have been. Well, Blade no. Runner, I backed that, and that yeah. was, you know... Blade Runner and Ooh. The One Ring. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, they're both there. Yeah, yeah. They like to mess around with, like, you know, all this chump change. Yeah. It's <laughs> be interesting. Have they actually got a date when that's going to kick off? Um... Bum, just bum, soon. I don't. I don't see soon. a date for that. Let me just check the press release that was emailed to me. Um, but yeah, no, I spoke to um, Tomas that came on episode not D and D when we we're talking about Blade Runner, and I think he briefly mentioned this. But when we were talking about his background and history with RPGs, and this was like this game was really important in like kind of Swedish RPG community. It kind of kicked off like. It was really, you know, it was really instrumental in that kind of um, making TTRPGs a thing in Sweden. So it's, mm. I think it's quite a significant thing. Mm. Um, I can't find the press release now, so I don't know the date. Oh, I don't think there was a date on it. Okay, but it will mm. be, it's coming soon. It's coming soon, yeah. Oh. That's the next big thing. Soon. Mm. But yeah, so mm. I think it's very, I think it's interesting. It'll be exciting. I don't see uh, what it is. Yeah, so Everyday Heroes. Oh, I've got the date. It's coming out, actually. Oh, go on. August 30th. Oh, God. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, how unfortunate for them. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. Oh, well. uh, okay. Uh, okay, so Everyday Heroes, you know, the yes. uh, T20 modern adaption. I do. Yep. We so they the have yeah. announced a open license where people can write products for Everyday Heroes. Is that the one with paramedics and stuff like that and firefighters? No, that was um, uh, a games thing. I can't no. remember. First, something responders, I think. Oh, okay, okay. So, uh, so Everyday Heroes. Every, Everyday Heroes else. was, yeah, yeah, Everyday Heroes was the D20 modern adaption. So it had um, like mm. the Pacific Ring and King Kong and the Highlander settings. Oh, is that what that was called? Oh, yeah. right, fair enough. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So they've just hired Owen Casey Stevens as their editor-in-chief. Good job. Who's, who's worked on D&D and Star Wars and Pathfinder and Starfighter and everything, basically. Yeah, generally someone who's quite good with your system and making yeah. sure everything works nicely. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. So uh, he still he also works for Green Running and is the lead developer on Fantasy Age. So yes. he's, a, he's, a, he's a man with a lot of hats. Should we say? Yes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I assume the license that they've announced doesn't mean you'd be able to use any of those settings. Though. Oh. I wouldn't have thought you'd be able to write your own Rambo. Well, not, not, not as a game designer or to, for profit, but you totally can as a private individual. So that's well, yeah, you do what you want, privately. Yeah. 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 Uh, so what else have we got in the news? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Critical Role's Cluedo game. Yeah. <laughs> Critical or Clue, if you're American. Rolls. Yes. Cluedo. Yes. Game. So Cluedo is coming out with a critical role version. I see. Hmm. It's just it, got the locations from season two and the character. Yeah. So the Cluedo. game takes place during the Harvest Clothes Festival in Zadash. Zadash. And one of the members of the Mighty Nine is being targeted by a plot, and the players must determine which member of the team is being targeted. Who is responsible and where the scheme is set to go down? Well, that's very nice for them. Definitely one, yeah, definitely one for the critical world fans. Yeah, I haven't, yes. pl- I haven't yeah, played Cluedo yeah. since or, I was like eight. So. The, the, the critter completionists will have a good time with that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it shows that Critical Role really is spreading everywhere now. They've got a Amazon TV show. They've got a Cluedo game. They're, you know, they they are becoming a lifestyle brand just like D&D is. Oh, mm. yeah. 100%, yeah. Mm. They're, they're very mass market as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you remember our favourite columnist, well, one of our favourite columnists, Egg Embry, who does the uh, Kickstarter Roundup column. I do remember Egg mm-hmm. Embry. I do. Yeah, sir. Uh, certainly he's got a memorable name. Well, he's actually produced a role-playing game. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's almost a post-cyberpunk police procedural role-playing game. So, uh, essentially what it is, I will find out in a second. What that is, is it's... um. A bit like Blade Runner, but obviously with the serial numbers carefully filed off, and also with a touch of Dirty Harry, which I thought was quite interesting. It's all, it's a game which is you, which is a hack of the Forge and Dark System, and essentially trying to find out what it is that makes. But how far would you go to solve a crime, and um, like you know, what what are the limits on being human and so forth? Human almost is the name of this. Uh, Little downloadable role playing game pamphlet, I believe. It looks like it's free. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I quite like the artwork. It's, um, a lot of black and white. And yeah, if you know how to play this Blaze in the Dark, you're going to have a great time with this. And the ethical question mechanic is, I think, quite strong. Human almost a post cyberpunk police procedural role playing. So I just want to give that a shout out because I think it looks quite good. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty impressed. Uh, he's identified influences as almost human, man and machine, better than some minority reports. But yeah, like I say, Dirty Harry would be my go-to for a shout. Just for that, um, what would you do ethically to get stuff done? Oh, do you know what else happened this week? What else happened this that week? That new D&D starter set came out. Oh, uh, oh did it? Dragons of Stormwreck Stormwreck Art, yeah. You have to get it from Target, which basically means you have to go to America to get it. I will not mm. be doing I will not be going to America to get it from Target either, but you can get it from Target for $20, and that's the only way you can get it at the moment. Oh. $20 sounds quite cheap. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like the existing one. It doesn't have a, a lot of stuff in it. It's like a couple of booklets and dice and some sheets. But also, if you're in Target, the volumes you'll be selling, mm. you'll be able to make it quite cheap anyway, just because mm. oh, yeah, yeah. the cost well, per unit will have gone down. Yeah, I, I mean... Mm. I think Target's well, that, minimum starting order is like 10,000 units or something wild like that. Yeah. It's, wow. It's just because yeah. if you think about how many there are, how many yeah, Target no, stores no, there are, even if they only have well, one I imagine two, some you know. reviews of this will be popping up sometime soon then. I haven't seen any yet. Mm. Uh, it hasn't really had any buzz, really. Mm. Yeah. Unusual. Not, not compared to all the Spelljammer stuff that's been talked about in the last week well, or two. I guess, that, I guess that makes sense because this is for new people to the hobby. So actually, so, people yeah. already in the industry mm. that you want to chat about and generate buzz with, this isn't for them. Yeah. No, so they've no, probably done more marketing in like Target and mass market things to be like, hey, do you want to give this a try, kids? Yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I did see a review of it, but honestly, I cannot tell you what happened in it. Mm. Um, if, if I'd realized that there was a, it wasn't like big doing the rounds, I would have sent it on, but it didn't. I sat and read the entire thing, and I can't remember a single thing about it. I think there is a nod to the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. On the cover, yeah. The characters on the cover are. And I think maybe in the thing, but it's like it's a very tentative link. Right. Uh, but, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it sounds like it's a game that you could play. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah. Know. It's either like for people new to the game or for collectors, I guess. So it's not yeah, really yeah. it's not for us, is it? 
It didn't, it didn't have me as excited as the Rick and Morty Funhouse Dungeon did. Because mm. that did sound like a lot more fun. Yeah. yeah it, mm. it, 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 well, sometimes you're just in the mood to have like strange and bizarre things happen in a mm. game. And uh, that, that would be uh, scratching that edge. Anyway. Right, right, right. Just jumping back, I'm just having a look mm. at the image of those clowns on Spelljammer. <laughs> I'm really unhappy. <laughs> you're not, you're sorry, not fond sorry. of the clowns. No, like they've gone for the stereotypical creepy clown vibe. Like, I well, thought, why wouldn't they go for the stereotypical creepy clown? That's not kind. <laughs> that seems like where you'd go. That that that, that is that is. Unkind I don't know why you would include clowns anyway. Sorry, I've got annoyed about this. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, okay. We, we should move away from your clown phobia. I I did notice that they had ray guns. Uh, so the scary space clowns with. Lasers. Oh, I know yeah. that's just made it worse. That's Don't fine. give them weapons. Hey, did you did you guys see that Wormwood Game Master screen wooden thing on Kickstarter? I didn't. It's uh, it's made about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's got like Good ten Lord. days to go. Um, it's this big wooden GM screen, and it's kind of modular, so you, mm. you can you you can pledge for it, and it's like sixty five dollars to pledge for it, but. You need to like get a load of add-ons to it to make it really good. In which case, the, the cost starts going way up, like two, three hundred dollars or something. But um, it does look quite cool. Was, what was it at called? the UK Games Expo? Wormwood uh, the Gaming Game Master Screenplay Wormwood. I feel like they might have been the UK Games Expo, and I had a look, and it did, or maybe at another event previously, and it did look really slick. It cool. does look. Uh... I think if they were selling it at UK and Games Expo, they wouldn't be allowed to put it on Kickstarter, though, would they? Oh, no, the company was there. Not this specific product, oh, but the right, stuff gotcha. that they do in general. Because yeah. uh, this isn't their this isn't their first radio, so... Yeah. Um, so the things you can add in, you can add in inserts, yeah. a turn tracker, stuff like that, and that, that tends to... Yeah. That starts pushing the cost up. Um, yeah. Acrylic frames and things. and um, But it does, look, yeah. it does look pretty cool. It does look cool. Um, Magplate. Not that I've played in person for, like, Ever three years, Fif- no, yeah, fifty yeah. years, but fifty million. Years oh, and they've now. got like a weird little dice tower thing. So essentially, it's like it's all completely modular. You've got like the three sides, and where you'd normally have like the two central supports for the middle panel of the GM screen, uh, which is a triptych. For if you somehow never see a GM screen, yeah, it's got like a dice towers, which can, which have two different pathways for you to roll dice down. Uh, I guess for secret and non-secret rolls. Mm-hmm. But the initiative trackers are nice enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a... Oh, turn, turn tracking thing as well. Mm. Oh, wow, that's... Yeah, it's got a lot of stuff that you can add on to it. It does look very yeah. nice. It's well thought out, and it's very yeah. pretty. Yeah. That almost I, feels like a nice gift if, if like, a table got together to buy their GM. Do you know what I mean? I'll tell you who's really going to like that. Mm. Professional GMs. Yeah. Because you get one of those and you break that out, then people are going to be like, oh, yeah. 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 This, this, this so and so means business. Like, this, oh, this like, so this, and so. I'm trying to find the gender neutral way to refer to people that I do not know who they are. A so and so. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well my, 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 my other this phrase scam. would probably be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, There's one. This likely rogue. Yes. There's another one. <laughs> this likely rogue. This bard. Of the uh, D twenty uh, or whatever <laughs> is, is is up stuff. Mm. Yeah, ah, there me. Yeah, pretty much covered covered everything now. If you could yeah, think I of anything else, no, I think that's all the news I wanted to. It's quite quiet because I think it was like the pre. But it's Gen, Gen Con. Con. 
Yeah, right. they're doing all the announcements at Gen Con, so yeah. next two right. days... Next week yeah. will be uh, so, so next busy. week will probably be a busy week for news. Cool. Yeah. All right. Right. I was going to shout out Sarah's Kickstarter. has hit $3,300, so... Oh, nice. Good job. Yeah, done yeah. very well. I've backed yeah. it. Two, yeah, me too. Two, two Kickstarter goals, including the Foundry Support and the community copies, mm. which I think is a very nice way to go about rewarding fans and helping make the... Advanced edition more accessible to people, um, and I, I think I think it should definitely hit the six thousand dollar mark, maybe a bit higher. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's really nice. What's that? Anyway, sorry. All right. Well, since you're shouting out, do you want to see what it is? Well, Stranger Sights, yes. the Kickstarter from DM Sarah, which is a collection of comprehensive and easy to implement support for the exp- exploration pillar mm. with all sorts of. 40 environments, a unique monster in each environment, which is available in hard copy and PDF. Hmm. Nah, I'm alright. Alright, don't do that. <laughs> I won't try it then. Don't say that then. Ah, convention season. There's nothing quite like it. What could be better than thousands of like-minded gamers descending on the town to share their love for tabletop gaming? This is going to be the best Barricon ever. It's the most perfect weekend in gaming. True, right it is. I've booked onto that mega Barrow Delve. It takes 12 hours, you know. 12 hours? Wow, that is some commitment. So, what do you guys have planned? I volunteered to work at the official Barrows and Barrows booth. After 92 hours of work, you get a free sticker to put on your book. Oh, wow. They're pulling out all the stops this year, aren't they? Well, I'm running three games at Barrows and Barrows, and hopefully I'll bring some new outlets into the fold. Oh, a noble mission indeed. My three days of pure bliss. Oh, and I'm looking forward to the cosplay competition. Oh, the effort those folks go to. I have nothing but admiration for them. Oh, I saw somebody cosplaying as a bear owl yesterday. Gave me quite a start, I can tell you. I'll bet. Uh, now, now, you know the important convention rules. There are rules? Oh, yeah, yep. Rule one, shower every day. You won't believe how muggy it gets in there. Ah, uh, yes. Very important life advice in general, but, you know, doubly so at conventions. Mm-hmm. So, rule two, nobody wants to hear about your character. <laughs> what? Of course they do. I have trimmed the tale of Onyx the Unscathed down to a breezy 45 minutes. Who wouldn't want to listen to that? Trust me, my friend, that tale is best kept for other occasions. Are there any other moral? Oh, yeah, there's one moral. Rule 3 is the, uh, the most important rule of all. Oh, I'm agog with excitement. Yes, yes. What's the third rule? Uh, well, rule 3 is... Yes. yes. Don't tickle the clowns. Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget... Patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now? So, topic this week. We're going to be talking 
all about something called imposter syndrome, which I'm assuming both of you have heard of before. Yes. Yes. So, how would you describe, first of all, what is imposter syndrome? Mm, Imposter syndrome, generally speaking, is the sense that whilst you are in a position that you're probably perfectly well qualified to work in, you've got experience in, but nonetheless, you have a constant feeling that you're an imposter, that you do not belong, that you're a fake, a phony, that you will be found out, exposed and kicked out. Yeah. yeah. And the the important thing about this is it is way, way, way more common than you think. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people have imposter yeah. syndrome and probably most of them don't realise that everybody else does too. Um, yeah. So, you know, people who are feeling like that, they're definitely not alone in that. Mm-hmm. But it's not really something people talk about an awful lot. Yeah. I feel it. I know, Jess, you've told me you feel it. I don't know, do you feel yeah. it ever, Peter? Um, sometimes. I mean, I'm not talking about when you're just being an imposter, like when you tried to climb through my bedroom window the other night. I mean, that was just oh, oh, that, something that, entirely that, different. That, that, that was not, a bit jolly joke. Let's not talk about that on the show. I think it is a, a very much universal experience. And I mean, I mean we're going to talk about it now in relation to RPGs for people that create in, or even like run games. Um, yeah. that have that feeling. But, yeah, because obviously this isn't an RPG-specific thing. It applies, oh, God. It applies no, to everything, no. but we're going to talk about yeah. it through no. the lens. But yeah. it does apply to everything and everyone. I think there's a famous um, quote, I think, or story that Neil uh, Gaiman, the writer, put online, oh, that he yes. was at an event and he was chatting to somebody <laughs> and they were like, oh, I don't really know why I'm here with all these yeah. amazing people. And the person he was talking to was Neil Armstrong, so the yes. first man mm. to go on the moon. <laughs> so yeah. if Neil yeah. Armstrong... Like one of the most yeah. amazing people in the world ever. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that's quite, that's quite you know, an impressive you yeah. know, CV, Mark. If, if they feel imposter syndrome when they're in places, I'm sure mm. it, you know, it means that it's, it's a very relatable experience. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. having yeah. imposter syndrome isn't actually related to how qualified or competent you are at what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, I definitely have it, 100%, without a doubt. You know, uh, um, I mean, Russ, could you remind me, how long have you been working for, like, as a game journalist? 22 years. And how long as a game designer? Probably about 20 years. And do you not think that you probably are at this well, stage? I'm aware definitely. it's not logical. I mean, by definition, imposter <laughs> syndrome is not logical. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, you, look at, you can't just talk people out of it. You don't look like that. <laughs> You don't just tweet something out and they go, oh yeah, I don't Imagine have it anymore. Imagine you could just that's say not that, how wow. it works. You're just like, years of therapy for so many people. Yeah. Have you thought about well, just not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, I never thought about it that it's way. Been, yeah, that is been not how it works at all. It's been depressed. Had you tried cheering up instead? That's what yeah, exactly. okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the worst thing is people do actually say that, though, don't they? But anyway, no, 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 um, no. but with imposter syndrome with tabletop yeah. RPGs, I think it's so much a thing because there's so many different ways to get into the industry and so many people are kind of self-employed, like you just kind yeah. of have to do it yourself. And I mm. think that like gives you that feeling so much. I know because when I started working in the games industry, I was remote working from home. So it does feel a bit like playing pretend because you're just you're mm. like I started this new job, but you're just sat in your house, yes. like <laughs> uh, you know but doing that's, but stuff. That's still like, work, yeah, Jess, do you still feel that way? Uh, do I feel like um, do I have imposter syndrome? I mean, I know I mean, you, I know you have because you're yes. talking you have, but I mean, do you feel the same as you did then, or do you, has it changed over the years? Well, I think the the logical voice is getting louder because there's more and more evidence mounting up against it, as mm. you know, mm. 
And like, and also like, you know, you, you haven't got rid of me yet. So I'm still here. So that must mean something. <laughs> somebody's, somebody's willing to hand you loads of money every month. <laughs> loads, you say. Wow. Let's discuss that definition. But, um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, oh. no, but it, it is weird when you start in the games industry and you get hired to work. Yeah, it's really strange. Cause like, I think, mm. I feel like that's with any job people, cause you just have this feeling of like, oh my gosh, am I, am I really able to do this? And, yeah. So part part of my version of it is nobody in the industry has ever hired me to do anything ever. Really? No. Huh. It's all I've. It's all me being doing stuff myself for myself, and then mm-hmm. eventually hiring right. other people. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm kind of like you see these people who've like done like fifty different jobs, and you're like, oh wow, they're really good. But nobody's ever asked me to write anything, or nobody's ever asked me to be on a panel or anything like that. So, and I, I, I struggle with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which I, I, you know, I find kind of, you know, you know, so, so not always, but sometimes it can be a little difficult to deal with. And that's what I think feeds into my process syndrome. In a way, a lot of people have chosen to hire, not hire yeah. you, but yeah. they've bought they, they, stuff. They've given you Someone's lots looked sums at of money. the work yeah. you've well, yeah. made. That's a sense of logical, though, Yes, thank it? you. It's not, uh, yeah, it's yeah. not a logical thing. No, no, it's not at all. But I think, I think the games industry is still like that, because it's not like you can get a certificate or a qualification that, is like yes, you can make RPGs now. Um, yeah. So it's it's not like you can get any confirmation, mm-hmm. and mm. yeah, but it's just it's just odd mm. with that. And I think I think even because my I'm not in the creative side of it. I'm in the mm. the more business management, doing the film and logistics yeah. and things like that. And yeah. I think it's so it's very easy to feel much like an imposter because I think especially in the job I do, I do mm. a little bit of everything as a business manager. So I'm not like. Yeah, I look at the accounts and business forecasting, but I'm not an accountant or a finance person. Mm-hmm. So when I'm doing that, things that can feed into it. Cause I'm like, well, I don't know everything about that. But well, and- I, would, I would say, Jester, what you do, I mean, a lot of it you've had to teach yourself on the job, admittedly, but it does involve kind of specialist knowledge <laughs> that it is hard. Like, it is easier to be to jump into the creative side of it because you can just sit down and start trying yeah. to do it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the stuff you do, is harder, I think, because you you do need specialist knowledge in order to, you know, anyone can sit down and start writing a game. It may not be good or it might might be amazing, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyone can do that. There's no barrier to entry. But what you do, Jess, there is a barrier to entry because it does require... Well, because if you... It's about mistakes. What happens if you make a mistake? Because if you make a mistake, it costs Well, you go to Russ and say, hey, you know all those people that might have one book... And there's a group of people that want to have two books. Well, I spent all the people with one book, two books, and all the people with two books, one book. Mm. And uh, <laughs> and Russ goes, how much did that cost us? And I'm like, it cost us this much. And he's like, please don't do that again. <laughs> That's what happens when you make a mistake. To be fair, what you didn't see behind the scenes was there was some swearing. You just never saw that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I kept the swearing away from you. Yeah. And then after <laughs> yeah. that, like, and then he, then afterwards he'll promote you and <laughs> ask you to come back. So, <laughs> so it can't be that bad. Well, well, exactly. It's like, yeah, you can make mistakes. Yeah. And often that can be okay, uh, mm. especially if you learn from those mistakes and work out ways to prevent them ever happening again. Yes. Like in RPG design, it's, yeah, it's like people have paid me money. I can do it. And I feel like that I've had some really positive feedback from people, lovely people who've written to me. And I, every time I got some positive feedback, I've like basically copied and pasted it into like a little Word document just so I can have it 
So I can look at it and say, ah, yes. Mm. Ah, That's validation. That's probably a good idea. And I yeah, should do yeah. something like that because I don't yeah. keep anything like that at all. It, it seemed like a really good idea. Uh, my previous job, which was working uh, in a sort of health and safety sales capacity, I I had it much worse because I just felt like I, I didn't even feel I was contributing anything mm. at all. Mm. And then I realized that I was sort of a English to English translator. Mm, right. which I know sounds bizarre, but I actually had experiences where I would be stood, like there'd be an engineer who knew stuff, like all the important details. They'd say something to the client. The client would go, huh? Look at me. I would repeat more or less what the engineer just said <laughs> to the client. And me and the engineer were just like, we're just exchanging glances. It's like, why are you having to this? I don't know, but they seem to need it. <laughs> it's just like, mm. it was just... I, it was like I was an interpreter almost, yeah. but from English to English. It was absolutely surreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's other stuff like where there's, I, the, we, we had our, we had a base in a building. I was like remote working and cause I was going around sites and stuff. And the people in the top office and the people in the ground floor office, right? Wouldn't talk to each other. They'd keep coming through me. I'm like, why are you doing this? I am adding no value to this communication chain. Mm. Well, maybe you were, because it is a skill that not everyone has where they can make, take something complex and make it sound simple. A lot of people cannot do that or are worried about doing it because they think if they do that, it makes them sound less intelligent because, or, you know, that it makes it sound too simplistic. Mm. But actually, Mm. when I worked as a product manager in digital games, that was my entire job. I would talk to the Mm. tech team uh, but then I would need to translate that information to all the different areas to make the game mm. come together because mm. the language that they use and the things that are important to them would be so different than what the um, the art graphic artists doing the animation mm-hmm. for the game. And yeah. I would also know what information they needed and be able to communicate that concept in the way that they needed and that made sense to them and and do those things. So that so that might be why you were the person to do that, just because you had that communication skill to translate between them i i have to say it's also definitely been 100 percent a transferable skill to rpg publishing and mm-hmm. as i felt pretty confident because i'm like i don't think i didn't know everything about all the nuts and bolts of everything but i did know mm-hmm. i need people who do know this stuff to talk to these people find the information they need and then if they need inputs from elsewhere it's like go and get 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 the yeah. right inputs and just like Keep it all flowing and keep it keep yeah. it rolling. So yeah. Well, I think, yeah. I generally tend to think that's my skill. I'm able to find hmm. pick, pick the right people and delegate well. Hmm. It's probably the yeah. thing that I do. I mean, other than that, I, I think I'm fairly average at everything. But I, I do. I think I've gotten quite lucky in some of the people I've gotten to work with, and hmm. um, that that helps, I guess. Yeah. Choosing good people is a skill all yeah, the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I think or, or, although Russ actually sorry sorry to interrupt Jessica if if you if you did want someone to hire you I mean you'll have to give me a quote on your rates and maybe you can uh, write a little piece for me or something. It's a funny face. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, I, I, I got some vehicles. You, you, you could drive to do one. I like your wingsuit. Anyway, you let me do one. Sorry, I like wear your suit. wingsuit. Wingsuit. Oh, I, I thought you said I'll let you wear a suit. Every time we have a staff meeting, he's like. I wish I could be wearing a suit for this business meeting. But, but Peter, but Peter won't let me. Do you? <laughs> yes. Do you own a suit? 
I well, do. that's what oh, I was okay. doing, going through the wi- window at night the other time. I was going to assassinate <laughs> Russ's suits. He'd just bought a new tuxedo. There you go. <laughs> well, that was my new job as a secret agent, of course. Yeah. yeah. And that is the, uh, the, the required outfit of a secret agent, is a tuxedo. Yeah. Perfect for blending in. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the dangers with imposter syndrome, though, when you work in tabletop RPGs, despite the obvious like mental health things for your own well-being, is that sometimes I think it makes people afraid to ask questions. Because if you think, mm. oh my goodness, I don't know anything, and if I get found yeah. out, it's all gonna like go terribly wrong. Some people worry that if I ask a question and say I don't know something, that will like be a giveaway and cause issues. When in reality, you not asking the question will probably cause issues. So mm-hmm. people quite like being asked questions and showing off their yeah. expertise. Yeah. Oh, I generally speaking, most yeah, yeah. people are not offended or bothered by that. Mm-hmm. They like it. Yeah, but what if you're the person that's meant I to mean, be the specialist in that? I mean, I'm not doing too much, and, and you're, you yeah. know, infringing on their time and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that that's the thing I always do is I always ask. I try and always ask questions because mm-hmm. it's right. just because then I know. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, honestly, that's mm-hmm. that's the sort of thing I always tell the people when they're doing anything for me. Like, like I've done so many books, but still, I think it's like it's a good way to go forwards. It's like if I do, if if you if you don't understand something that I'm asking, or I can't give you a response, and you don't understand it. Then I need to explain it better. And if I can't, if I can't explain it, then I need to go and find out what the heck I'm talking about. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I've, I've generally found that if I don't understand something, a lot of people will be too shy to ask questions. Whereas I'm generally not shy about asking questions. Mm. If I don't understand, I'm just like, I don't understand. What is this? Yeah. 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 But talk about imposter syndrome now. So like yeah. some really high profile people who, you know, come out and said that they suffer from it. Like Will Wheaton mm. did a few mm. years ago, I recall. Um, yeah. Tom Cruise, I saw a quote from, yeah. know, of all people. Goodness. I mean, obviously not in our industry, but, um, you know, it's amazing the yeah. sort of people that do feel that way. It is not uncommon. Yeah. And I think possibly one tool to help deal with imposter syndrome is to realise that all those other people feel the same way. And mm, mm. it's not unusual. It's just how people often feel. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes you can feel it if you're really good at your job. Mm. Like, if everything just feels a bit easy, mm. you're like, this can't possibly be a real thing. People are going to find me out because I'm just doing it all. It can't be that hard. Anyone could do this. But actually, probably what you're doing, there's a fair chance it's actually quite difficult and it would take a lot of learning and skills for someone else to get there. Right. Especially if you're in post running enough time. I think, yeah, I think depending on what you do, it can also be hard to define your skills or whether you're good at them, especially in an artistic mm. oh, um, yeah. field. Because, yeah, yeah I, you know, there's no metric there mm-hmm. that literally tells you in a numerical form that you're good at this thing, I suppose, mm-hmm. other than the, what, the amount of money you make from it or something. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, there's no, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to do that. Whereas, you know, you, it's really you, not if a great yeah. indirect measure. measure <laughs> like, like, you yeah. know, you're good at a sport because you keep winning it. Yeah. You know, you know, you're a really good athlete because you've got an Olympic gold medal. You've got these luck. Well, you've got these, yeah, but they you've also, up. I got lucky. But also, but you've also got these tokens <laughs> that validate you, which you yeah. don't necessarily have in the artistic world. Yeah. Is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, certainly measurable results. Because things like art, beauty is very much in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. And people will love your art, people will hate your art. I think having people having a strong reaction to your art is actually a really good thing. Mm. Because if people are like, oh, that's nice, 
and just leave it, that that would be incredibly demoralizing because yeah. have you really made art? Whereas like, I hate it, that's almost as good as I love it mm. because you've evoked a response. Mm. You've got something going on. Yeah. yeah. I think the other thing that's important to realize is everybody is their own worst critic. Mm. People see flaws in themselves that probably are much more important to yourself than necessarily to other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, other people might not even notice them, might not even be aware of them. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess it depends upon how open you are to accepting yourself as you are. Mm. Because it's often very frowned upon to say, oh, actually, well, certainly in British culture, it's very frowned upon to say, actually, I'm quite good at this. I'm really good at Mm. this. That's my experience. People are like, yeah, 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 of course you are, Peter. Of course you are. Go and get away. Well, I am. I, occasions, people have told me so on several occasions. It's not just me just claiming and asserting stuff. If I assert that I'm good at something, it's because I have significant evidence to show that actually, yeah, I am. Yeah, I think that's very true. Because in America, that would be everyone would be like, "Hey, great for you, Peter." Uh, but in the UK, everyone's like, "What a wank!" That's how we respond to positivity in the UK. <laughs> like, we want people to be self-deprecating, and mm. um, yeah, uh, I, I I find that sort of indirect communication style very hard to understand. It's just like I'm just like, "This is what I would like. What would you like? Okay, let's see if we can make these match." Whereas the dance of the 700 like different messages which are all very indirect i i i find, i can decode it but i just find it so much effort i mean yeah i but i feel we're getting slightly off the topic of imposter syndrome yeah, yeah. Do, we have any, do we have anything else to say about imposter syndrome so what what helps with it i think i think one thing is is your environment that can help with it and the people kind mm. of around you um yeah. because like like you were saying people's reactions to your work and and what you do if people are very open about answering questions and talking about stuff, it makes you feel less like everybody knows all this stuff and I don't in a way. Which mm-hmm. I know it sounds oh, silly, yeah, yeah. 100%. but like, if no one asks works. questions, mm-hmm. then if you have a question, you stick out. Yeah, Whereas yeah. If people asking and answering questions is a normal process, yeah, then yeah, it's normal to ask a question because mm. we take up these cues from our social groups. You're yeah, completely yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. And I used to, I very much had, um, I, because of like how I was brought up and like uh, where I went, where I went to school, I was really lucky. I um I was able to get a discount to go to this really good school because uh, my dad was in the military and there's things like that. But and I thought I was really bad at everything because everyone around me, like if you were good at like hockey, you represented yeah. Great Britain on the under eighteen hockey squad. Yeah. If you're good at that, and it was all like that, it was like national yeah. level. So like. Yeah. Me, like, probably was doing absolutely fine academically, felt like, oh, well, I'm really the dunce of the class, just because everyone around me was, like, at a national level doing their <laughs> thing. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think with uh, tabletop RPGs, RPGs that mm. you're most familiar with and you'll most see are, like, will be people at that level. You'll see, like, million-dollar Kickstarters and all this stuff going mm. on, and you're like, wow, there's all this going on, and I'm just doing my thing. Uh, so yep. I think comparison to things like that can be really... Uh, can make you feel that way as well but in honesty mm-hmm. um i've been doing not D D for a while i've been speaking to loads mm. of different people and everyone's kind of in the same place with it mm. like it's you know i speak to you know i speak to the people that like work at free league running that or i speak to somebody who's you know just making their first indie tabletop rpg that's made like a, a grand or so in their first kickstarter fulfillment oh. and it's all 
kind of the same thing and we're all doing the same kind of stuff so it's not really that different and there was no one I spoke to that I was like wow that person doesn't know what they're doing um because at the end of the day what we are doing is just sitting around telling stories with one another and Mm -hmm. or creating frameworks for other people to tell stories so if you do it really wrong like no one's gonna die and I don't know how you yeah. how I don't know how you would do something that wrong that it would happen. But do you know what I mean? Like I feel like the stakes yeah. are lower in RPG, so maybe we should just oh, maybe we I, should just I, chill out a bit. Like not if you're a doctor. Like if you're a medical doctor, yeah. maybe you should like appreciate that a bit seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dep- <laughs> like... Dep- depends what you're doing. Like I say, I, I used mm-hmm. to work in health and safety. Yes. And it was not like hugely likely, but it was a distinct possibility that if I messed up bad enough, someone could die. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. was that that was uh, that was a uh, traumatic in many ways. So that's what RPGs, I, yeah. everything's like lower stakes, and it's just more fun. That's what yeah. I tell myself when I get stressed with work. I'm like, do you know, unless what? obviously like, you can't do harm. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've seen people, we've seen people do that. Yeah, we, yes. we've got TSR three point naught casually yeah. spewing out rubbish, and um, we can only hope that their uh, lack of popularity continues. So yeah. In case that someone finds this. Reads their product and think, oh, is this what RPGs are like? God, all those people are awful. Is that mm. terrible? But nowadays, there's just so many different, better ones out there, which are all very interesting. Uh, I don't know, I think there's a lot of space out there. Well, it sounds like we haven't got anything more to say on imposter syndrome because we keep drifting, we keep going back to it and then drifting immediately off it again. Uh, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to suggest that we wind up now. Sure. Okay. I think we've probably covered it in as much as we can. <gasps> They've seen through me. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, right. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so that's it for this week. We'll that's... see you all next week. Yeah, yes. Looking forward to it. And well, hopefully with lots of news about Gen Con. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Apparently I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, that's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Because oh. apparently having a popular actual play that introduces new people to the hobby is a bad thing. Apparently so, yeah. But it's because it introduces them to the hobby wrong, apparently. Oh, oh. There Does is wrong? a wrong way to have fun with tabletop <laughs> RPGs, as we all know. Really? If everyone's oh. sitting around the table having fun, it can still be incorrect. <laughs>